Have you ever had a to-do list where you look at it and it's like 872 items and you think, whoa, that is a lot of stuff to do. I mean, that's kind of what my to-do list looks like all the time. There's always something, whether it's for this podcast, whether it's for writing, whether it's laundry, dishes. There's laundry going right now, in fact, in the dryer. Getting nice and toasty. Have you ever put on a freshly dried shirt? Ooh, one of the best feelings. That's not what this episode is about. We're not talking about freshly dried shirts, although that would be a great band name. If you do it, I'll just take 2% royalties. Thank you very much. Instead, we're talking about how to be more productive, and my guest is fantastic at doing that. In fact, she started a company to help other people practice mindfulness, be more productive, and get more joy out of life. Her name's Rosemary Ikpema. She is the founder of MindMap. She left a media and broadcasting career to help others. She's helped thousands of people find the right mindset for them, become more mindful, become more productive, become more grateful for all the things. And she's sharing her tips for how you can do the exact same thing. It's all kinds of fantastic. We're talking about drinking tea. So I hope you're cozy. I hope you're cuddled up and ready for a great conversation with Rosemary. To kick it off, can you give us your name and your elevator pitch, but also the type of elevator that we're riding on? <laughs> Hi, Joey. My name is Rosemary Ikbeme. Um, I'm a London, UK-based entrepreneur. I um, founded and created MindMap. And my mission with MindMap is to help inspire people to find goals that actually align with their values um, and their purpose in life. And give them the tools to achieve those goals, but achieve them in a mindful, in a productive, and in a balanced way, making sure that they are taking care of all the areas in their lives that are important to them, especially their mental health. So that's what I do, and that's my elevator's um, pitch. What elevator? Probably one of those um, elevators... um, Maybe on holiday, you know, and then you have like the little holiday track going do 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 do. So, <laughs> so you're just maybe going to a spa, <laughs> elevator taking you to the spa. <laughs> I like it. I like it. now. Where did this idea come from? Was mindfulness just something that you always kind of were like, hey, I kind of have a, a grasp on this, and I can turn it into a business? Or where did where did the idea come from? To be honest with you, I, I don't remember knowing the word mindful or mindfulness it it never really occurred to me that that was a thing I think my journey started when I was in my mid-20s and a lot of things in my life in different areas just seemed to be not going the way I wanted them to you know I, I'm I'm fairly I'm, I'm quite ambitious I would say so when things were were not going my way, when it came to friendships, came to family, came to career, I started asking myself questions and I started reading books and I started going to events. I went to a meditation retreat for the first time and I just started looking at what I could do because I, 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 I guess I realized I can't change the world around me or people, but I can change me. So I started looking at looking for ways that I could improve perhaps my life or those areas that I felt weren't working for me. And what I found was when I looked inside of myself and made changes, everything else on the outside seemed to change along with it without me trying to change the outside, but just changing 
the inside. So along with those, um, you know, those lessons and, you know, the questions I was asking and the things that I was learning, that was how I fell into mindfulness without realizing it was mindfulness. You know, with the meditation, with the yoga, these are all forms of mindfulness practices. And I didn't know that until, I guess, you know, just before I started uh, Mind Map and I realized, okay, this, the things that I'm doing are mindfulness practices that have helped me, you know, for the last 10 years. I can put this into my journals, into my planners. And like I said, I was, I'm very ambitious. How do I incorporate that with my goals? And how did it support me with my goals? So that's, that's how I started with mindfulness. And you mentioned a meditation retreat here. We're going to hop all the way back to the very first episode of this podcast. I featured a guest. His name is Di Manuel. He's very, very enjoyable, I thought. <laughs> very, very uh, <laughs> cool guy. He's done a lot of things. And one of those was a 10-day silent meditation retreat. So was your meditation retreat Ooh. of the silent variety or was it oh, more... More uh, less uh, less intense, I guess. That, that's that's pretty intense. I mean, I I know about it. I've heard people have been to it several times, and I've been intrigued by it. But no, Joey, I've not done that yet. <laughs> That'll be quite a challenge, and I think um, it might be something I would take up. No, my meditation retreat was actually something that changed my perspective on life and changed my life a lot. Like I said, I felt there were a lot of things that were not going my way. And I would wake up feeling quite depressed, sad, quite anxious, feeling a little bit out of control and unhappy. Generally, I'd wake up feeling unhappy. And this was, like I said, in my mid-20s. And I think, you know, you're too young to, to wake up feeling that way. And all of a sudden, I thought, okay, I need to do something. And I looked for meditation you know, retreats, because my friend said, maybe you can try something like that. And I found one that, and the title was How to Wake Up Smiling. And I thought, oh, hold on a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. This is what I need, because I need to wake up smiling, because I'm not waking up smiling at all. So I went to this weekend retreat, meditation retreat. It was a weekend. It was in, I'm, I'm in London. It was in a place called Brighton and Brighton has a beach and I thought okay that's great you know I can maybe sneak off and work um, and go for a, a walk by the beach by the promenade if if I didn't like it but it blew my mind it was just exactly what I needed because in that retreat um the monk that was hosting the retreat talked and explained to us why perhaps we don't wake up smiling anymore you know the analogy he he gave was as children we wake up excited so imagine as a child perhaps you're waking up just before christmas day or before your birthday you'll wake up excited you wait you're the first person who wakes up before before (laughs) anyone else you know you want everyone to wake up because it's a great day and you're looking forward to it and it's going to be amazing and you're going to have fun and blah 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 but as we grow older life happens you wake up thinking, oh, I have that dentist appointment. Oh, my goodness, I have these bills to pay. Oh, I have that presentation of work to do. You know, I, I have this and that. And therefore, we, we're burdened by all these thoughts of things that perhaps we don't look forward to doing. And then he said, OK, imagine if you saw life as collecting gifts. So you have a basket. Every morning you're given a basket. 
and they say to you, go collect all these gifts that are out there for you, you know, and it, it honed in on gratitude. So rather than focus on the things that we don't like, why don't you focus on the things that you're grateful for? The bed you're sleeping on, someone made it, you know, and you're comfortable sleeping on it. it you didn't make it. Someone made it for you and, and you get a good night's sleep. The road that you're taking to work, yes, there might be construction, you know, your, your bus is running late because of that, but people are, you know, working to make that road safe for you. You know, the bus driver, for example, or the train tube driver, they're driving you to work. And we don't focus on those little gifts that we have in life. So if we reimagine waking up and just collecting gifts that life has for us, we would wake up smiling. And that really changed my perspective. I felt like I was on a high for six months after that retreat, literally. I was, I was just, I was just floating through life. I was like, hold on, what kind of medicine, what kind of drug did this person give me? Because I just loved life and it just, it lasted for so long, um, the high that I was on. And it was just amazing. So that was the retreat. That was my first experience uh, at a meditation retreat. Very impressive. So with that sort of sense of, of being grateful for the little things and, and things that maybe you don't think about. I, I the bus driver and, and tube driver part of that is something that I think about like pretty regularly of the amount of like times I have like, I'm, I'm basically in someone else's hands. Like my life is in someone else's hands. And I'll, I'll think about that. It's like, there's been so many times where like, you know, if they take a wrong turn or something or, you know, something happens like that, who knows what could happen and it's like it really does kind of make you reflect on things and be like oh that's pretty awesome that so many people have have essentially like taken care of me and not let me get hurt exactly the world's literally looking after you and we take that for for granted you know the 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 house you live in someone built it you know (laughs) the table you're you're sitting you know the chair you're sitting on someone built it you didn't have to do that so if we focus on those little little things that we perhaps you know they they seem so minute you know you we, we 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 expect them we just expect them because that's how it is but if we actually take a moment to realize and focus on those things it does make such a big difference you're out the way you look at life and the way life shows up to you because once you start appreciate appreciating things and seeing things that you appreciate the more you will see it's just like if i said to you joey look out for red cars or don't look for red cars what are you going to see when you go out only red cars cars, right (laughs) so that is exactly just reframing and retraining your mind um you know and and allowing it to see all the goodness that surrounds you so that's i think I think maybe not easy enough to do, but something that I think is doable for a lot of people. Are there other ways that you like to incorporate mindfulness throughout your day? Yes. So in terms of mind, I know mindfulness has been such a buzzword in you know the last five years or so. And um, I recently hosted a workshop and I asked people, I was like, do you actually know what mindfulness means? And everyone's like, hmm. Uh, not really, you know, it's being aware, you know, meditation, yoga. And I said, yes, those are practices of mindfulness. But 
what mindfulness actually means is being aware. It's a training. It's a, it's an active word that you do in terms of you train your mind to focus on the thing you want to focus on, which can be focusing on your breathing, which can be focusing on your thoughts, but not actually, you know, adding to, to those thoughts. Or it could be focusing on gratitude or focusing on positivity or focusing on, you know, the work that you're doing. Those are all elements of mindfulness. So when people say, how do I incorporate mindfulness into my everyday activity? It can look so different to, you know, to to everybody. You can have a different mindfulness to practice to to my mindfulness practice. So it's not one shoe fits everybody. You need to find what works for you. And here are a few things that I do that I find is, um, you know, that, that, that works for me. And hopefully, if one of those works for you, you can then explore other um, practices of mindfulness. So, for example, breathing, like I said, you know, we have the box breathing, which is the breathe in for four, hold your breath for four, breathe out for four, hold your breath for the count of four. And it can be a count of five. It can be a count of six, depending on how comfortable you are with with the breathing breathing patterns. Again, this is a practice that allows you to focus on your breath. So that means you're not like thinking about what you're going to have for dinner or thinking about that, that work presentation you have in an hour, even though your mind will think about those things, but then you gently and with compassion bring your mind back to the breathing. Not only will you then feel more at peace, but your physical body actually releases tension. You will find that your shoulders will <laughs> will will drop, your breathing becomes slower, and your your heart rate becomes slower, and you actually find a sense of peace in that moment. So that is one thing that I like to incorporate, just breathing. And I find that we often forget the power of just breath because we're so busy doing it. And it's so automatic that we're not breathing in fully and actually experiencing that breath. The other form of um, mindfulness practices that I do is just taking breaks and checking in with yourself. You know, like I said, mindfulness is about awareness. How am I feeling? You know, my mental state, you know, that this, this project I'm working on, how do I feel about it? Do I really enjoy it? Is this, is this, you know, the goal that I set for myself? Is it, really the goal that I, I want to achieve, you know, um, how do I feel about, you know, the thing that I'm planning to do tomorrow? So these are mindfulness practices that can help you just, again, self-awareness, self-reflection, and bring you back to this moment rather than thinking about what's going to happen, worrying about the future or regretting the past. It's about now. And at this moment, this is where you can actually make a change. You can adapt, you can pivot, and you can make a choice for yourself. And the other one that I love to do is setting intention. Again, it's very simple. When you set an intention, so an intention is essentially, um, it's not an affirmation, so to speak. It's what, it's how, it's, it's a tool that allows you to get to where you want to go. So for example, if my intention today is to, I need to um, open a bank account today. That's my goal. That's my goal. And I know the steps. I know, okay, to open a bank account, I need to make sure I've got all my ID. I need to go to the bank. I need to do this. I have all the, the steps and the action plan. 
But what is my intention? Oh, I know that this can be quite stressful. So my intention today is to find peace in every moment of doing this. Again, this is a practice that brings you back into the moment. So whilst you're like, oh my God, I can't find my ID. You're like, hold on a minute. What's my intention? Find peace in this moment. You're like, okay, I'm going to find peace in this moment. You go to the bank and there's maybe something happening. You go, hold on a minute. What's my intention for today? It's to find peace. And then it brings you back to that intention. So these are just small things that you can do to incorporate mindfulness. Because I feel like every time we talk about mindfulness, people think about, oh, I'm going to do a, a, an hour yoga session. You know, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to do like a 20 minutes meditation. If that works for you and you have time for those things, do it. But finding little mindfulness practices that you can do um, during the day, even if it's just like I said, the breathing technique could just be. 30 seconds or even a minute and that's enough you know they're setting an intention it's literally a split second and then you're taking a moment to just bring yourself back to your intention again doesn't take long but that's a mindfulness practice and also um one of one one good practice that i actually enjoy is um using your senses so if you perhaps having if you're a tea drinker like myself or you're a coffee drinker Perhaps your mindfulness practice could be every time I get my tea, I really want to feel, you know, I want to use all my senses to enjoy my my drink. So if it's how the cup feels in your hands, the smell of, I really want to smell the tea. I really want to look at it. What does, you know, how, how does the mug look? What color, what shape, what texture, you know? And then when I sip the tea, I really want to taste it. Again, that's a mindfulness practice that you can incorporate. And that brings you back into the moment moment, and also brings you back into your body as opposed to your mind. It takes you out of your mind, into your body, and into the moment. I think I'm going to make some tea after this. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Looking for a really cool gift to impress your parents, grandparents, or loved ones? Here's a fantastic choice for you, mylifeinabook.com. They offer a fun way to get to know your loved ones better, collect timeless memories for future generations, and bring the whole family together. My favorite thing when there's a whole family involved is to keep it simple. Because you got people from all different generations. They might not know technology as well as you do, or maybe they're just like, hey, I don't want to take the time to spend learning something brand new. Luckily, mylifeinabook.com is very simple. You select from a series of fun and exciting questions that you wouldn't think to ask. Like, what's the funniest memory you have of your siblings? Or do you have a secret you've never told your own parents? These questions get emailed to your parent and grandparent, and they write an answer and can even attach a meaningful photo. This happens every week, and at the end of one year, all of those questions get compiled and printed into a beautiful keepsake book. You can get copies for all your family members if you want. And to make sure you preserve it digitally in case anything happens to the physical copies, you can also get it in audio format. I mean, you're listening to a podcast. Clearly, audio formats are fantastic. You're enjoying it. Why not enjoy it with your family as well? With mylifeinabook.com, you can show your loved ones they're meaningful to the family and help build their legacy. I promise you, your mom, your dad, your grandparents, whoever you gift this to are going to love it. It's such a cool thing. 
Uh, that's why it's on this podcast. Good people, cool things. Ha <laughs> ha! To save $10 off your first purchase, use discount code GPCT. That's GPCT to get $10 off mylifeandabook.com. And now back to the episode. You mentioned how mindfulness has kind of been a, you know, a buzzy word over the last few years. And I think another one that, I mean, certainly in the past two years since the pandemic has has hit everyone is is burnout and productivity and all of that. And I think a lot of times people think, you know, if I'm going to be productive, I have to work more, work hard, or, you know, be be kind of tireless in the work that I'm doing, which I think is a very easy way to get into burnout. And so how can we be productive without feeling burnt out? That's a great question, Joey. I totally agree with you. There's this notion that being productive is working harder to get more results, you know, which is not necessarily the case. You can work harder to burn out and then you get no results. That's, you know, usually what happens or you get the results you don't want to get because, you know, um, you're burned out. So for me, productivity, I took a different look at productivity. So if we're looking at productivity, it's about output, what we're putting out, what are the results we're getting. But if we're looking at the results, we need to look at what we're putting in because the quality of the results will depend on the quality of what we're putting in. Don't you agree? Mm -hmm. So therefore, if we're looking at what we're putting in, where the, where does that, you know, how does that play out to productivity? We're looking at efficiency then. So we want to look at the quality of what we're putting in and that is the efficiency which takes into you know, the materials, are you wasting time, are you wasting materials or are you using it um, in an in a efficient way? Are you using your time in an efficient way? And it's important to look at both. And then the other element is if we're looking at the, out, the input and the output, who is doing the input? It's us. So we're essentially the tool that is going to do the, you know, do the activity to create the input to get the output. So if we are looking at productivity, essentially we need to be looking at ourselves as a whole. It's like having a car. Your car is not going to run well if you're not going to check the engine, if you're not going to check the tires, you know, if you're not going to, I don't know, the exhaust is not working. So we need to look at ourselves as a whole in a holistic way if we're looking at productivity. If you look at any organizations, once they, when they start looking at productivity, they look at the organization as a whole, in, as a, in a holistic way. So I think we need to apply that to our own personal productivity. And that's why it's so important that we don't neglect certain areas in our lives that we might think, oh, it's not that important, but essentially is. So in my journals and my planners, I incorporate um, a tool called the Wheel of Life. I don't know if you've ever tried using the Wheel of Life before, but it's essentially a wheel. It's split into different sections, and each section is mapped out with areas of your life that are important to you. And this tool gives you an aerial view as to where you are. So, for example, areas of, of, of your life that I, I, I usually think is very essential for a balanced and productive life. We're looking at physical health, mental health. You know, we're looking at perhaps your, you know, profession, career, your money. Um, your finances, you're looking at your family, you're looking at relationships, you're looking at perhaps 
the things you enjoy doing, entertainment, hobbies, perhaps, you know, your personal growth, your spiritual growth. So you can incorporate all these different areas that are important to you in your life. And then the middle of the center is a zero and the outer uh, part of the, the, the circle is a 10. Then you decide from zero, which is it's terrible, it's the worst, to a 10. It's fantastic. I'm having a great time. This is the best I can be in this area of my life. You decide where you are between the zero and um, the 10. And if you do that to all areas and then you then connect the dots, you see you can actually see the areas that you are thriving in and the areas that perhaps you're neglecting. And that's where you realize where, you know, your productivity might not be working because, you know, I can be spending a lot of time and I'm thriving at work and I'm making that money, but my relationships, you know, I don't have friends, you know, my partner is unhappy. I don't feel like I'm filled in life. If you don't have that balance within your circle, how can you be productive? Because it's going to bring down those areas that you think are doing well. So if you're unhappy with your personal life, but your career is going well, you're still not going to be productive because you're not fulfilled. But if you can balance the circle in terms of I'm happy, I'm kind of okay in, in these areas in my life, and everything is balanced and it's well, your, your, your car is well oiled, the engine's running okay, then you can start building momentum. And that's when your productivity level soars because your mental health is okay, your physical health is okay, you know, your relationships are okay, you know, you're working towards your goals. So it's so important to look at holistic productivity rather than I'm just going to work, work, work and get results. And you forget about the important areas that are actually enabling you and supporting you to get those better results at work that you actually are striving for. I like it. We're going to take a little bit of a left turn here because to start Mind Map, you left a career in media and broadcasting. And yes. I studied broadcast journalism in college, so I always I always yeah, love yeah. chatting with with fellow <laughs> broadcasters and for me my favorite story that I ever did was about I went to the University of Miami and the milkshakes at the baseball stadium were fantastic. Think of the best milkshake <laughs> you've ever had. This was better. And so I did a story about the man that ran the milkshake booth nice. and everything. I believe he has since retired. He's he's made enough milkshakes. He is he's rode off into the sunset very gracefully. But he's changed the world, yes. Yes, yes. He's he's made us all very happy. And uh that was just one of my my favorite stories to do, you know, getting as a nice perk was I got some free milkshakes out of it. But, uh, you know, just, just hearing his story and how he had, he had kind of grown the, you know, a little stand into a much larger sort of thing that people actively would come to games for, I thought was super cool and, and just really enjoyed that story. So I was wondering, from your career, did you have a favorite story that you ever did? So I worked, um, I, like, like you said, I worked in the media and TV industry before I, I decided to you know, start my brand mind map. So before then, I worked for Fox, um, Fox Media, <laughs> and um, I remember because you know when when they acquired a new show, they do a screening to show the staff because obviously we have the marketing team, the PR team, then they can have a look and then start working on it for, for the launch. Um, and Fox had recently acquired a new show, 
um, and were launching in the UK. So we had the first screening. So we saw it before anyone else did. So that show was The Walking Dead. Mm. And I was, from then on, I was hooked. I absolutely love The Walking Dead. I've seen all the episodes, probably, you know, two or three times. And <laughs> so that was it. And I was like, yeah, I, I felt great. Because I'm like, yes, I'm, the, you know, I'm one of the few that saw it before it launched in the UK. And then we, you know, fast forward to maybe about six, seven years after, I ended up working for AMC. They're a US um, company, as you, you might, you know, recognize. And they are the people who actually, you know, filmed and created The Walking Dead. And then um, whilst I was working for them, they launched a new series called Fear the Walking Dead. And again, we I got to see the, the <laughs> launch, the, the first episode before anyone else. And I was like, whoa, what is going on here? <laughs> so that is always such a fun memory that I got to see two of my favorite shows, um, you know, in different companies, in, in different companies that I worked for um, before anyone else got to see them and yeah that was pretty exciting so that's what I'm going to hold on to <laughs> that is super cool I have only seen the scene in uh, The Walking Dead that has become the meme of uh, I think Rick is his name right that yeah. has Car- Carl as the son yeah. and it's like Carl <laughs> yeah and it's 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 like such a like sad scene but it's just it's it's so funny to me that like the the things that are supposed to be like you know heart wrenching and like these really depressing scenes ends up as memes, which I guess is a good you know good reminder that we can laugh at ourselves sometimes. It is. It, it, it was. I enjoyed. It. it was a great show. Um. So yeah, I love it. I love it. I watch it over again. <laughs> Another question I always like to ask. I say because it's less work for me is a question that you wish you were asked more frequently. And perhaps media, you know, staying in media is, is the answer to this. But if you weren't doing mind map, what would you be doing instead? What would you change about your life? Oh, good question. Um, I wouldn't actually change anything because um, I find that people like always regretting or contemplating, oh, I would do this and I would do that and I'd change that. And I just believe that we're on a journey and where you are is where you're meant to be. And you just have to trust the process and trust your intuition. So I wouldn't necessarily change anything. I would just be grateful for the lessons that I've learned, even though, you know, um, I've had my challenges along the way, like everyone else. I would look at where I am now and decide where I want to be. Because I think if you contemplate the past too much, you're not giving power to the future. You're not giving power to the choices that you have now. So it's the, it's rather a question, what can I do now? What do I want to do now? It's asking yourself empowering questions to get empowering answers. So yeah, I wouldn't change anything. I would just ask myself, where do I want to go next? What is my next adventure? And how am I going to get Love it. All right, Rosemary, you're almost off the hook here. (laughs) But we always like to wrap up with a top three. And we've been talking a lot about gratitude and being grateful for things. So if you have to narrow it down, your top three things that you're grateful for. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, let me think about it. Um, I'm going to stop perhaps with something big. So let's say I would say that I'm super grateful for the people 
and my family that I have that support me. So that's a big one. Um, and then maybe a small one. I am super grateful that I get to enjoy. I do love a cup of tea. I know it's very English, but <laughs> when it's cold and raining, I just love having my cup of tea indoors. So I am super grateful for that. And I'm having one right now. Um, and another thing that I'm grateful for is you, Joey. I'm grateful for you, you know, allowing me to to share, I guess, my story and having this conversation with you. So thank you. You're welcome. Now I'm blushing. <laughs> marvelous. Marvelous. Well, Rosemary, thank you so much. This was a heck of a good time. And if people want to learn more about you, want to check out MindMap, where can they find you? Um, you can go directly on the website, which is mindmap.co. So that's M-Y-N-D-M-A-P.co, C-O. Um, or you can get in touch with me on socials. It's all at MindMap. Or email me at hello at mymap.co. I'd love to answer any questions or just, you know, have a chat if people have something to say. Love it. And can confirm after this, having a chat with Rosemary. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> Thanks, Joey. I like to hear that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we have to wrap up with a joke, as we always do. Oh, I like a joke. You know, smoking will kill you. Bacon will kill you. Yeah. But smoking bacon will cure it. Get after today, people. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Good People, Cool Things is produced in Austin, Texas. If you were a fan of this episode, go ahead and hit that follow button. That helps more people hear the show. You can send me a message, joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com. Thank you to all of the guests who have been on Good People, Cool Things. You can check out all the old episodes via goodpeoplecoolthings.com. As always, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.